This is the GDC Life podcast. Well, we're going to talk about relationships. And um, so this is entitled How to Have Healthy Relationships. So I, I really believe God wants, to have, God wants us to have healthy relationships in every area of our life. Every area. Not just in one area. Not just husband and wife. Not just father and children. Not just friends. Not, you know, we, we need really good healthy friends. But every area of our life, God's concerned to, for us to have healthy relationships. Um, we're singing that song, Give Me Jesus. Powerful song, isn't it? Give me Jesus. How's it go? Um, I don't want anyone else. You know, I don't need anyone else. And I thought, well, really, we do. We do need others. You know what happens to you if you, you get isolated in, in, in a jail cell or you get isolated in an um, island all by yourself? Remember the Castaway movie? I haven't actually watched it, but I remember, I think I saw the highlights. He was talking to a basketball or something, put faces on it, and you, you, you lose your mind if you've got no one else to talk to. Like that's how desperately we need one another. Look at the person next to you and say, I need you. Please do that. I need you. Like we actually need each other. Uh, what's that other movie? Will Smith, when he was fighting the zombies, was the only one left in the city, and he starts talking to the mannequins. Why? Because you lose your mind if you've got nobody else to relate to. Like we need, we need each other so desperately. But you and I, our relationship with one another is going to be determined completely. I'm telling you, the health of it is going to be determined by your relationship with the Lord. Your relationship with the Lord, to the degree how much you, uh, you are close to the Lord and know the Lord and, and allow the Lord's love to heal you, will determine how healthy you can have relationships. Now, everyone wants healthy relationships. You know, relationships are the most important thing to us on the, on the earth. You might not live that way, but the reality is they actually are. So what's the most important, valuable thing on the, on the planet? It's people. What's important to God? It's people. So what, what should be important to us? It should be people. Now, you might not, again, you might not live like that, those priorities, because it all depends if you allow your flesh to lead you away from the value of relationship, the busyness of this world, or going after money, or going after just your selfish pleasures. You can, you can you know, you know what I mean? You can, you, can, you can isolate yourself in a room these days and, and, and just entertain yourself with games and movies and Netflix and, and have no relationships. You might do the wrong thing, but I'm telling you, that'll go against the joy of the Lord that's connected to loving people connected to relationships think about this for a second your highest highs in life and your lowest lows in life has usually almost always something to do with people relationships your highest highs that you've ever had in your life or your lowest lows and I think and it's funny how the lowest lows usually stand out in our life and make a mark on our life more than the highest highs I've had some amazing highest highs. I'm talking about victories, breakthroughs, just things that you celebrate over. My marriage is a high in my life, something you celebrate. Having children born is something you celebrate when, when, when someone's born, had five children born, Christine gave birth to. I didn't do it, but Christine gave birth to. But, but that's, a high, that's an amazing high life. Then seeing your children get married or seeing them have children, like they're high they're, that, that's high, but we might not value that. Therefore, you don't rejoice when that happens. You should celebrate what's important to you. Do you know that? 
In heaven, just, I just want to show us, just help us think. In heaven, this blows me away. Jesus said these words. That in heaven, they celebrate when one person is converted and repents. When someone gives their lives to Jesus here on earth, Jesus says all the angels in heaven, and that means all of heaven, in a sense, stops and rejoices. Why is that? Because you're so valuable. One person is so valuable that they celebrate that moment. It's a great moment. It's a victorious moment. This is how valuable you are, for, by the way. And the lowest lows in life for me has been when I lost my mum or I lost my dad. Actually, my dad was quite painful. I was closer to my mum, really, in a sense. But my dad had a heart attack and lost him at the age of 22. We lost not even the time to say goodbye. Just He had a stroke or a heart attack and he was dead in the bathroom. Gone. And that hurt deeply. Why? Why is, why is it lowest lows and one of my lowest lows in my life? Because of relationships important. It's valuable. My mum, seeing my mum suffer with cancer, and she was only 58, and seeing her slowly lose her life for two years, slowly deteriorating, very painful to watch. Why is that low? Why is it, why is it a hard thing to go through? Because people, relationships are valuable to us. If you have a breakup, a divorce, it's the lowest low. You, you, you know, some people have, you know, you have breakups because you, know, you, you can be shattered, you can be broken, you can, you can almost, your nervous system can shut down when you don't want to even eat. Just from a breakup in a relationship. But it shows us how important relationships are. And so I want, I'm just trying to help us see the importance of relationships so we can value it because you won't, you won't put effort into something you don't see as valuable. But relationships are all we've got, really. Family, friends. You know, when you have relationships, your, your victories, your breakthroughs, your, the joys of life can be enhanced when you celebrate with someone. If something happens to you, something amazing happens to you, what's the first thing you want to do? Ring somebody you know. Ring a friend. Ring friends. Uh, ring the family. Let's check a party. Let's celebrate because this just happened. Whatever it might be, it might be something amazing. Like if you, if you want $10 million and you know nobody, you can't ring nobody to celebrate. You just want $10 million. It's going to be a boring $10 million. You don't want to celebrate. You're lonely. You're on your own. It, it really enhances your life when you've got friends and relationships. It's true when you, do, when, when you lose someone. I remember when dad did pass away, all the, the church family that I was a part of at the time, they all came and visited us, and we wept, and we cried, and we hugged, and, and you know, just a friendship, the comfort, and, you know, just to help, just to being around, cooking meals, all those things that they, your friends do. And, and I thought to myself, imagine if I was totally on my own. It'd be so much harder. But you don't realize, it actually, so it, it can divide the pain because they help carry the pain. I'm telling you, relationships are so important to us, so valuable that we need to See it that way because you and I will rise or fall based on our, how we do relationships. This is true also in life. Some people have all the skill, all the, all the talent, all the gifting, and that puts them in positions, but then they sabotage it because they don't know how to keep relationships. They sabotage it because they don't have the heart or the integrity to keep healthy relationships. You know, you, you, have a, you have a fallout with someone and you get offended and then you don't want to forgive them and you don't want to talk to them. And so now you lose the job because you didn't know how to work for a relationship or you lose a position. 
because you don't know how to forgive, submit, work through it, communicate. These are really, really important skills to have in life. I've known people that have been highly skilled, gifted, and they should have... I know one particular person that was an artist. He should have, he should have been number one, and, and, and he had all the record companies and going for him, and, and he sabotaged it because of lack of relationship skills. And, I, and that's happened time and time again with bands. They break up because of lack of relationship skills. And that's true of any area of your life. If you don't learn this art, I call it an art. It's an art because it's not one size fits all. It's, you got the, the, the art of relate, relating with one another. You know, what, what is the word, what does art mean? I looked up the word art. Ah, where are you? Because <clears throat> it is an art. It, it takes art, an artist in a sense, to have good, healthy relationships. Where are you? I wrote it down. I'll have to move on. You rise and you fall based on your ability to have healthy relationships. You know, healthy relationships, when I think about healthy relationships, it's based on a number of things. It's based on your identity. Identity means how you see yourself. And that, your identity, how you see yourself can change, can grow, should develop, should be growing as a believer, as a, as a person that has a relationship with God. Your identity, how you see yourself, should continually grow and change. So your identity is really important. We'll talk about that in a moment. Being loved, how you have received love, even in growing up in your home. If you've been neglected, if you've been rejected, if you've been abandoned, so especially the first seven years of your life and my life growing up in our homes, we, we learn our behavioral skills up until seven, zero to seven. Whatever we've seen and experienced. And sometimes we don't, we don't have the love. Uh, my, my dad was around. My, you know, my mom and dad never divorced. But, but sometimes having a dad that you're not connected to, he's, he's there but never there, never connect, can actually be just as painful as having um, one parent. Because you, don't, you have never connected. You, so if you never connect, you never feel love. He doesn't know how to fill your love tank. My dad did his absolute best to raise me. But he, re, he grew up in the war. He was eight years old when World War II was going on. So he left, his, he left school at, two, at, at, I think, second class or third class. And he worked to help his dad in the farm. And so he did it tough. So when he became a, a parent... Here in Australia, came, he's thinking, I'm going to love my children by working hard, working two free jobs, and providing for them physically. I'm going to give them everything I didn't have. But he didn't have intimacy with his father. He didn't know how to give intimacy. Didn't know how to give love. Didn't know how to give the affection that any boy or girl needs. And so you're, you're, you don't even realize that girls, if girls don't receive affection, love, and attention from their father, they're going to look for it in a man. Because they've been, you know, they've been hurt, shattered. Now, it all depends on our upbringing. Like you, you might think, Leah, but I've been, I've been, I've been so neglected, rejected. I've even been physically abused, emotionally abused, verbally abused, and you know, there's so many stories right here in this room. But I'm saying to you, to you that God can break into your world and into your heart and heal you of that, totally heal you. I have to remember, I have to look back and remember how I grew up because I forget, I don't ever live there. I don't think about it because I've been so many times, I've been a, I came to the Lord at the age of 19. That's like 
I don't know how long that is. 35, whatever years ago, 36 years ago. 35, I think. 1987, so you can work out my age. Um, but I've been so many times, I can't explain it any other way, but I've been in God's presence and overwhelmed with his love. And, and I think this is important. We all need to experience this some way, in our own way. But we need to, because God is not just a theory. He's not just information. You can't have a relationship with God just by an information. Because you're made of spirit, soul, and body. You have emotions, you have feelings, you have you know, a will, a decision. You, there's, so much part, there's so much to you. So, I've got, so there have been times where God's presence comes and melts me, and I feel His love, and overwhelmed by the Father's love, because I wasn't used to having the Father's love as a physical dad. So, so the Father's love would love on me on my lounge, listen to worship, and I'd weep and cry, and I'm overwhelmed with, Lord, you're so beautiful, you're so amazing, I feel your love, I feel your acceptance, I feel that I, I just belong, I'm just yours. You died for me. I'm valuable. All these things. And you, you don't even realize what you, what's happening, but God's healing you. God's healing stuff in you that you don't realize is wrong. And some of us are living out of a brokenness and an emptiness and a lack of identity of who we are as sons and daughters of God. It starts with identity. Because if, if, if we don't allow God to bring us into a place of healing and, and wholeness, you're always going to sabotage relationships to some degree. Because your insecurity will speak. Your insecurity, you know, when, when Chris and I, when we first got married, man, we were at each other. Because of our culture differences, our mindset different, difference. It's enough a man's different to a woman and a woman's different to a man. We don't even realize how different we are to each other as men and women. And yet we try to, you know, try to make them like you. A woman's trying to make the man like them. Stop trying to make a man like you. Stop trying to make a man think like you. Let him be a man and let a woman be a woman. There's only two genders in the whole world, a man and a woman. But you'll be surprised. You know, we, we clashed. And I, and I realized stuff in me, anger in me got up. I never had this anger. I've been a Christian for five years. I never dealt with this anger. And I realized, wow, I've got to allow myself to let the Holy Spirit change me. I'm going to let God touch me and heal me in areas. Why am I getting angry? If you get angry, you think your anger is going to change the person and control the situation. And you're afraid that it's going out of your control. So you think anger will change it and manipulate it back into my control. That's really bad behavior. When you learn to rest, you realize, I never want anger to change anyone. I never have to be angry. It's a choice. If you have a mindset that says, yeah, but you make me angry. You made me angry. It's like, it's blaming, isn't it? You can't walk in repentance if you're blaming others about your behavior and your thought life. So being loved is so important. Your perspective, even about relationship, is so, so important. If you're going to have healthy relationships, you have to view relationships the right way. Because we all go into relationships with certain expectations, don't we? And when our expectations don't get met, we get discouraged, frustrated, upset. You're going to go into every single relationship you go into, you have a certain unconscious expectation of how close you will be by this time. So you might think, oh, by a few months' time, we're going to be so close to each other, and you're nowhere near close to each other, you're going to get upset and frustrated. 
Because you've thrown your expectation on a particular relationship. So what's the answer to a wrong expectation? Most people react with, I'm having no expectation. That's it. I'm not going to have any expectations because I won't get let down. I won't be discouraged. I won't be disappointed if I have no expectation. Now you're going nowhere. The answer to no expectation is real expectation. Trying to find what's real according to your faith and according to your love and according to your identity, according to your revelation, according to where you're at. Say, Lord, what is a real expectation? And I believe it's possible to find that. And when you miss it, just, just Lord, forgive me for that. Sorry for that. When I have a wrong mindset about something, a wrong expectation, I just let it go. Learn to let it go. Um, Proverbs 4, chapter 4, verse 20, verse 23 says, Above all things, guard your heart, for out of it, out of your heart, flows the issues of life. Above all things. Now, we're still talking about the importance of relationship, but also the importance of your relationship with God. Above all things, guard your heart, because out of it flows the issues of life. You want to change your life? Change your heart. If your life is a mess, you think, what am I supposed to do? You think, oh, give me luck, give me a circumstance, give me a chance or something. Oh, God, break in. The Lord gave you, gave you the freedom and the choice to, to actually change your heart. Get before God, get before His Word, and make a decision to change things in your heart. But the way you do that is guard your heart. For out of it flows the issues of life. That means protect what goes into your heart. What's going into your heart? Because whatever you allow to go into your heart, that's what you have to go out. Whatever I receive is what I will broadcast. Whatever I receive as a seed, a thought, an idea, what I watch, what I read, what I hang, who I hang around with, all that input, whatever I put into my heart will end up coming out. And so I, I can only give out what I've put in. So I've got to change the words. Thank God we've got the Word of God. I can get the Word of God and put it into my heart. And if I put the Word of God through revelation into my heart, now I've got words, seeds, thoughts to plant out. Now I plant the seeds, plant the words, plant the right thoughts. I plant the right words. And guess what? It's going to produce the right tree with the right fruit in it. But I have to change what's in my heart. Guard my heart. You can do that. That's the good news. You have the freedom to do that. And that's why you're here. You're doing it, aren't you? You are. So the state of my heart will determine the healthiness of my relationships around me. And remember, relationships are everything. Your, your joy is dependent on your relationships. And, and people that s struggle with depression they're going to also struggle with healthy relationships. Please hear my heart. That's why we've got to go to God and say, God, I need you. God, I need you. I can't tell you how many times I've been in God's presence and he's melted my heart and I've wept and cried. Like I said before, it just felt, God, you're healing me. God, you're doing something. And I start to see, I start to be healed. Think about being healed. What does it feel to be whole? I'm already whole. I'm not looking for love or acceptance even from other people or, or praises or anything like that. I'm not looking for it because I don't need it because I'm whole. I'm not, another word for whole is I'm secure. I'm already secure in my relationship with God. He already gives me everything I need. If He gives me everything I need, then I can give to Christine of an overflow. If I don't go to God and I'm not receiving from Him, then I start to look to Christine 
for her love and acceptance. And she's looking to me. And it's like a sponge. Imagine myself being a sponge. My spirit's a sponge. If it's dry and water is what I'm trying to get off her, I've got no water to give her. She's got no water to give me. And, and all we've got is unconditional love. Like, I'll love you as long as you do this. But I'll do that. If you don't do that, I won't do this for you. It's like, it's all conditional. That's not love. But unconditional love, when you go to God and he fills your sponge with absolute soaked with water and overflowing. And if you squeeze my sponge, what's going to come out? Just water. In other words, love comes out. And you got, you, you, we're supposed to be connected to the, to the river of life that flows from the throne. There's a, the Bible says, out of your belly, when you come to God, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That's the life of God. That's the love of God to come out of us. To give it, to give it away. Amen. Relationship. The word relate, is a, it's, a, it's a Latin word that we took from. Because about 200, 300 years, no one used the word relationships, referring to relationships, funny enough. But so it's a word that means relate us, relate us, with a T-U-S, uh, meaning to recount or to tell. So you, you have... To be able to, to, to be in a relationship and to be in a re, to relate is you're recounting and telling someone, talking, communicating. So there's a recounting, and we do that all the time. There's a there's a story, there's a communication. We're, we're talking to each other. In marriage, we're recounting, we're talking and telling. And again, that's why I believe it's an art. Here it is. Art means the definition or application of a human creative skill and imagination. Typically in a visual form, such as painting or sculpture. In other words, read it this way. The definition of, or application of human creative skill and imagination. So it's, it's very creative and very, it's according to your imagination. This is art. So when I say relationship, you, you, you need to know how to walk into the, the art of relationship. It's because it's very different. Uniquely different. You can't take principles and go, I'm going to use this principle for every single person. Because you're not relating anymore. And that's, I think Liz was talking about it today, about her children are so different. We, we can't relate to our children exactly the same. What works for one son is going to be different to another son. What works with the son is going to be different with the daughter. The way I communicate with my daughter is different to the way I communicate with my sons. And they're all at different stages, different ages, different seasons in life. Different mindset, different thought patterns, different revelation, different perspective. I've got to relate to them differently. Makes sense, doesn't it? That's how God relates to us. This is so vital. It's so, so important, having healthy relationships. It really, really is. Um, but we can't fix the, the fruit of something if the root isn't in its place. It's like, imagine a, a tree that's half dead, withered away. All the leaves are falling off. It's rotting and dying. And it's because it's, 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 it's not connected to any, you know, Water source, so it's got no water, it's got no sunlight, it's half dying. Imagine saying to that tree, what's wrong with you? Why don't you produce some fruit? Hurry up and produce fruit. You'd have to change something for it to produce fruit. You'd have to make sure it gets a water supply and sunlight. And actually, you'll see it come alive. And that's the same with us. If we, you know, we try to say, come on, be, be, more, fru- be more loving, be more this, be more fruitful, have better relationships, have healthy relationships. Well, I can't because I've got no water supply. And that's what I'm saying. Your relationship with God is everything. And it creates health in your relationships with everything, with everyone else. He who loves God loves his brother also. 
To the degree that I love God will be determined the degree that I love my brother also. Jesus said the first greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. So I can't love my neighbor as myself if I don't, if I don't love the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I've got to get that right, and then I can get this right. And notice that it says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you won't love your neighbor. Loving yourself means you value yourself. You have a sense of value. There's our identity again. You, you know what I mean? You, you, you know you're worth loving. Some people push people away because they don't believe they're worth loving. They don't believe they deserve love. So you, if you've been abused and neglected, rejected and so on, when you grow up, you, you unconsciously attract the same behavior. And you'll find someone that will hurt you, abuse you and reject you because you, you're used to that. You following me? If I love my daughter, for example, I, I do my best to love my daughter, right? If I love my daughter and I, and I show up how a queen or a princess should be treated, kind words, loving, affection, we go on our dates, we have fun together, she's learning how she, a man should treat her. So, you, so if she, when she becomes a, a woman and, and a man treats her like rough and, and bad words and abuses her and rejects her and treats her like dirt and treats her like she's not valued, you think she's going to stand for it? She won't stand for it because she knows what a princess should be treated like. Because it fills her tank up. And it's an everyday thing, isn't it? It's a lifestyle thing. It's every day you're filling the tank up. I'm trying to help us see that our identity, the way, I, the way I, I can't love others if I don't love myself. And if I know I'm loved by God and I know I'm healed, I'm secure, I've got everything I need by Him. He's just amazing. He fills my tank up. He fills my life. He fills my emotions. He fills, my, he fills everything. And because he does that, I can love others unconditionally. So number one, we're going to go up to 15 points or so. Right? Not today, though. Not today. Come back next week. You gotta, I, I've been speaking about this, but you've got to value your relationships. That's number one. Because if you don't value your relationships, you won't put time, effort, anything into it like the bible says in luke chapter 12 verse 34 where your treasure is that's where your heart is also that actually is saying what you value is where your heart is if you don't value relationship your heart won't be there you won't spend time you won't won't put effort into it and you will even get if you don't value relationships when something goes wrong you don't care so when something affects you when a relationship goes wrong it's because you you value relationships it's a good thing you know, you, you, if you feel bugged, you feel something's hurting because the relationship's gone wrong somewhere. And so you want to, you'll tend to it. You'll say, let's make time. Let's speak. Let's communicate. Let's sit down. Let's work this through. Why? Because you value relationships. But if you're on surface relationship, you know what I mean? Just really, really surface and never go deep. Then every time you do get close, you just let it go. Some of us live our lives with walls around us to protect our heart because when I did give my heart to someone I heard it I gave my heart they broke it they gave my heart I broke it. eventually I think just a sheer mechanism of protection I'm not going to give my heart I'm going to protect it but you're, you're going to be a lonely person though if you choose to say I can't give my heart anymore because you're in a prison and you've made yourself a spiritual prison emotional prison a mental prison but you're there by yourself because I don't want to be vulnerable again. I don't want to risk again. I don't want to trust again. 
And that's why we need to go to God. It's always going to go back to God. Loving Father, and allow Him to heal. I pray right now that God would go deep into our hearts. He'll even remind you of things that rejected you, hurt you, that you could still remember. I'm 53 years old. I can look back, 54 actually. I can look back and think of things that hurt me, rejected me, and, and marked me. I'm 54. That's a long time ago. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean I'm not healed. I believe I am healed, but I can remember that, some of those things. So I pray that the Lord heals us and we start to value relationships and raise them up in a high level because God does. And everyone's really serious, but it is a serious thing because God cares and we care. So can I pray for us? I mean, God's already done a lot of, you know, heart ministry in the worship and ministering, speaking to us. But you can have an emotional moment in God's presence, which is important. It's great to do. But if you don't make a decision to change, you can go back and still live the same. So you have to make a decision to say, okay, Lord, I will prioritize you. I will spend time with you. I will read the word. God forbid if you call yourself a believer and you don't spend time in the Word. Not in this day and age. You won't survive. We're coming into the last days. You won't survive. You need this Word. I need this Word. I need to spend time with Him. I need to make a decision and say, Lord, I will prioritize you. You're more important to me than my food. You're more important to me than my sleep. Things that I need to keep me alive, but you're more important. If you prioritize the Lord like that, I can guarantee you, you will change and transform and, and continually change. It's not just a one-off thing. It's a, it's a walk. It's a relationship. It's a journey. This is forever. This is until we get to heaven. And in heaven, it's going to go forever. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for your precious children that are so, so, so valuable that you laid down your life for us. You know, yesterday, I want to tell you this quick story. Yesterday, we had the Kingdom Influencers and David Leslie shared his story that he gave his kidney for his sister. Sister was dying, completely dying, vomiting, dying at the end of her life, had a kidney disease, and he, he had a good match, 25% match, and they cut him open. He couldn't, like, he said, absolutely. And the team, he was like, Stuart. This is not even belong. It doesn't even belongs to me. The kidneys, are, you know, God gave me the kidney. And if it, it's ready, I'm ready. I'll give it to my sister. And so he did the operation, but it, it, it tore him up. It cut him up. He didn't realize how many incisions it was. And he, he, he said he felt like he was dying. Like the pain was extreme. And it was all cut up. And he took a photo of himself and he says, that's what love looks like. Because he gave a part of himself. gave his kidney to his sister because his sister was dying. And, and, and then... And he was reminded and he was saying, how much more Jesus? How much more Jesus? What does love look like? Jesus hung on that cross for the joy that was set before him. He hung on that cross. And it wasn't just a physical death. It wasn't just a physical pain. He became sin. That's what he dreaded more than anything else, that he was becoming sin, the sin of the world. All my sin, all your sin was put upon Christ 2,000 years ago. What for? 
because he loved you. This is what love looks like. He took your pain, took your sickness, took your disease, took your uh, everything, sin. He took completely so that you can have a relationship with God. There's nothing you have to do. You just step into this relationship because he's done it all for you. That's what love looks like. So I'm encouraging you. Step straight in. Don't ever think, oh, but I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to change my life here, I've got to repent here. Yes, repent, but give your life to Him. Once you give your life to Him, you're there. You've arrived. You're His son. You're His daughter. So Father, I thank You for every person that needs to make that decision. They do it right here, right now. Right here, right now. In your seat, you make that decision. Jesus, I make You Lord of my life. I believe that love puts you on the cross for me. I'm so valuable that when I give my life to Jesus, when I repent, when I am converted in my heart and change, give my life to Jesus, heaven rejoices. Angels rejoice in the presence of the Father. That's how valuable you are. Father, thank you for every single person in this room, everyone that's hearing this online, that you would touch us, heal us, that they'll have encounters with the Heavenly Father. They'll make time to spend time in the Father's presence and receive healing, restoration, understand who they are, receive identity. Father, I thank you that you reveal yourself to us as our Father and show us our sonship, Show us that we are daughters of the King. We pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. If you'd like to partner with us, you can visit ggclife.com forward slash give. We hope you have an amazing week. Be blessed.